Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining this morning, for being aware of awareness meditation. Uh, I do not have any bells this morning, but I'll, I will just uh, indicate at the end of the hour that it is so. So I just invite you to bring some deep breaths in and allow the system to get comfortable, bring some ease. We could notice that at first it would appear that nothing's going on. And then it's kind of an opening that's available where we just get curious. What the breath feels like. what sensations in the body are available to be known. You can listen in on what mind is generating in terms of thought forms. Just notice that this kind of spotlight of attention can shine anywhere we want. We just allow the breath, the expanding and the contracting. To just give a sense of settling. A little more ease.
we can bring in an intention to be fully present to whatever arises. And to remain without leaving self. The seed of the witness. and watch what arises from that place, from that knowing, that seeing, that further back vantage point. There's nothing to do to make that. It's automatically here on, fully functioning, receiving all the stimuli, alert, awake, aware.
share Dr. David Hawkins' quote. There is a difference between having, quote, heard, quote, a truth and having discovered it as an inner reality. The way to, quote, be it, unquote, is to own it as an experiential reality. There is a difference between having heard a truth and having discovered it as an inner reality. The way to be it is to own it as an experiential reality. There's no, no concepts to learn, no thinking to be done. What's available is noticing that you're always noticing that this knowingness is here from the moment you wake up. The knowingness is what hears the alarm in the first place. Or here's the sound that wakes you up when the body's asleep. There's that open, spacious, alive, awake sentience. Which is not an object. which senses and sees and hears and tastes and touches all the objects that arise to it, in it, and are known by it. And we own this experientially by at first separating out the objects of consciousness from what sees them, subject. And we do that not by thinking about it, but by slowing down, relaxing, letting attention fall back. And noticing what's here. What's here when there's no problem to solve? 
can we disentangle from the blending that happens, the enmeshment, the, the mental stream, the content of mind. And that's given a chance to slow down. What is here during thought and equally here during the absence of thought? Another quote by Dr. Hawkins. In ordinary life, the mind focuses on linear content, specific details, and emotionalized perception. The ego is thus energized, consequent to projected inflated estimates of worth or value. The process of energizing perceptions and desires is based on the ego's expectations of gratification and reward. In contrast, In spiritual endeavor, the focus is not on the result, but instead on alignment with an overall field of intention.
again, in ordinary life, the mind focuses on linear content, specific details, and emotionalized perception. The ego is thus energized, consequent to projected, inflated estimates of worth or value. process of energizing perceptions and desires is based on the ego's expectations of gratification and reward. So we own this as an experiential reality by intending and wanting and being willing to catch ego in the act, right? To just catch it right midstream of narrating content in a linear fashion. all the specifics and emotionalized perception. Why we like something, why we don't like something. Always what it means, what it means, what it means. So the, the ego is energized by continually narrating worth or value that's projected into the future and inflated as to what we're going to get. It's constantly juicing up the expectation game. It's never about being satisfied with everything right now, just the way it is. It's always a, a game of either regret about the past or imagination about the future. why we have to have it, or why we have to have something not happen. And who that means we are. How satisfied we could be if we had this or that. These constant emotionalized perceptions. And these ongoing expectations of gratification and reward what we could have if that other person did that thing or didn't do that thing they shouldn't do, how we could feel, what it could be like. Are we in there, awake and aware, willing to hear this as 
ego's lifeblood of energizing itself and let it go. Based on the content alone, no longer wanting to live as an unconscious slave of these egoic projections, which we all know never actually come true, never actually ends everything to solve X or Y or get A or B or have that person stop doing C or D. It just sets up the next energized, emotionalized perception. Can we awareness, awake aware space that's in here, noticing everything, hear that for what it is and perhaps more critically, are we willing to cut the juice, turn back to the essence of what's true, what's always here and let that go? Or is it the case that we're just going to have a little more contrast for a while? Is there going to be a little more being sucked into emotionalized perceptions that aren't seen as egoic and inflated and projected estimates of value and worth? That might be what's happening. That might be what's going to happen. Can we notice that? And get curious about that. Can we feel into how that results in terms of a dissatisfaction, discomfort with ourselves and others? And we're always chasing some egoic fantasy of a perfect situation, a perfect life, perfect personality, perfect relationships, perfect world. Dr. Hawkins says, in contrast, in spiritual endeavor, the focus is not on the result, right? Not on an attachment to an outcome that mind makes up. It's going to make it all work out this time. But instead on alignment with the overall field of intention. overall field of the intention, which is highly impersonal, deeply intimate, thy will, not my will, 
acting from emptiness, letting the life move us in the direction that is in the highest and the best. Alignment with the overall field of intention. Falling back into the awareness that's aware of all of this, it's resting. Remaining without leaving the self. Trusting. There are always both options available. kind of the ultimate paradox that to rise in consciousness the next step is almost always to fall back into not knowing not knowing how to rise in consciousness not knowing how to let it go Maybe not even knowing how to let it be. But having the intention. Leaning into our willingness. Resting in this beingness, this awareness, this alive, awake, very, very intelligent sentience.
I do not know what anything is for, especially this right here and now. So again, Dr. Hawkins, there is a difference between having heard truth and having discovered it as an inner reality. The way to be it is to own it as an experiential reality.
one of the ways that we own it as an experiential reality is just to ask, is awareness present? Right now in our direct experience. Is there something that knows intuitively that we are here, we are awake, we are aware, we exist, we are present. And we can check in to see that's not a thought. That's not a feeling. That's not emotionalized content. that doesn't have details or a story. We can check to see that does it have emotionalized perception? And linear content, did you say, well, I was here yesterday, I was here last night, pretty sure I was here this morning, so I must be here now. No, none of that happened. There was an, instead an immediate self-confirming, intuitive knowing that awareness is present, that we are here. So we don't learn about awareness and think about awareness. We check in experientially and own it as our own inner knowing, this inner reality. We start to rely more and more on this innate intuitive knowingness that has as one of its fundamental attributes, the capacity to know itself said another way, awareness is self-aware. You're not doing it. You're, you're confirming it, right? You're bringing it maybe to conscious awareness. But awareness intuitively knows how to confirm itself. And we can notice that. We can witness that. We can affirm that. And in so doing, we can check in to see whether that knowingness is kind of half there or all there, three quarters there. There's there a sense of like the knowingness is almost confirmed, almost complete. Or is part of this self-confirming, self-aware 
capacity of awareness to know that it's all there. 100%. Look right at it. Is there a sense of wholeness? Or is there a sense that something's missing? Did we have to go anywhere to, to get this or to know this? Did we go up to mind? Did thinking have anything to do with this intuitive innate confirmation that existence is here? This open, awake, alert intelligence is fully operational. We can check in to see if it's personal. It's got some you flavor to it. So it's not only right here, complete, but this whole sense of a separate person, a you, a personality, a historical data points. Can you find it? Can you find linear content, specific details or emotionalized perception? When you look right at this awareness, this knowingness, this innate intelligence. Can you find any projected inflated estimates of worth or value? Is there anything here that needs to project more worth or value? Are there any desires for expectation or gratification? Is there anything missing? Like a little hole that has to be filled. Or is there just a robust sense of aliveness and beingness that is in and of itself whole and complete?
and can we confirm that this is our direct experience? This isn't a thought. This isn't imagination. This isn't like guided imagery where we're bringing in concepts or ideas or other emotional or intellectual pursuits. We just look right at this core, fundamental aliveness. And then this whole, can we look at this? This whole idea that there's two now. Maybe we take a look at that. If there's a sense of a you looking at this awareness, maybe we just look to find the you, find that one. Find that separate person, independent entity. just kind of search our being. There's a sense of a separate person. There's, a, there's certainly a, a knowingness of a, of a body, of a head and shoulders and trunk and the legs and the arms. Look in there for that me. Can you find a separate view? Is it locatable? Or is what you find open, aware, alive, awake, spaciousness? Dorothy Hunt calls the empty mystery through which love flows. So to be told you are the empty mystery through which love flows is one thing. but to own it as an experiential reality, discovered as a inner knowing, is the direct experience that we're interested in. Is it known experientially? 
and this, this spaciousness is intelligent, is it not? It's knowing, it's alive, it's, it's alert. It's not some inert, empty void of nothingness. While there's no thing in it, it's that by which all the 10,000 things are known. And the, the, the fact of the matter is we never lead, we always follow. We either follow the prompts of the alive, empty mystery through which love flows. Or we follow the voice, the prompts, the script of the ego. We are always following one or the other. We never lead because there's not some independent, separate little me in there that can lead. Maybe we check again, see if we find that little imagined me that we've been conditioned and socialized to believe is the core, the separate self that needs to be protected, that needs to be aggrandized, needs to be fulfilled, is imagined to be unfulfilled, unhappy, but on the road to happiness. Just one more acquisition, one more experience, one more thing in form. And we turn inward and we examine that. We look in, do we find form or do we find formlessness? The empty mystery through which love flows. What do we find in our direct experience? There's a difference between having heard a truth, having discovered it as an inner reality. 
the way to be it is to own it as an experiential reality. And as we look at this inner reality, this awareness, aliveness, this awakeness, alertness, we can check to see whether it is undivided. Or are there little areas where it's kind of divided against itself? Isn't that its essence, is that it's undivided. It's that undivided is the definition that Dorothy Hunt gave us of intimacy. Coming intimate with the infinite, with the mystery. empty mystery through which love flows. Perhaps all that egoic striving and longing and lurching of the true desire is this connection, this undividedness, this intimacy with our own true nature, with the reality of what's always here. In the words of St. Francis, what we're looking for is where we're looking from. And that is the end of the search. Because in reality, we can't look from any other place. We can simply imagine it. And we're powerful enough to then create the illusion of being separate from this. It's never so, it cannot be. 
everything that's ever seen, experienced, known. is seen, experienced, and known by where we're looking from. This innate, inherent, imperishable, indelible, unaffected aliveness. divine expression that we are. And if it be thy will, may we all live from this today. And that concludes the hour. <laughs>